Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a new podcast miniseries exclusively on Patreon right now. For $5 and up subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you get Talk King of the Hill Season 2 Part 1. That's right, we're returning to King of the Hill once again putting out 11 new episodes covering the first half of the show's second season. Again, that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Be there or be not right. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we embrace nothingness. I'm your host, the blockheaded bishop, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Hey, it's Henry Gilbert and I'm not perfect, like Ned Flanders. And who do we have on the line? And I'm Mike Hanford and my putter's name is Mom. And today's episode is Dead Putting Society. Because sometimes the only way you can feel good about yourself is by making someone else look bad. And I'm tired of making other people feel good about themselves. Today's episode aired on November 15th, 1990, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Millie Vanilli is confirmed to be lip-syncing by their producer. Madonna's Justify My Love music video is banned from MTV for being too spicy. And Home Alone beats Rocky V at the box office. Wow. It's a crazy, crazy time in 1990. Musical controversy. (laughs) Uh, As a kid, I only knew the Millie Vanilli thing like after it happened. Like obviously as an eight-year-old, I wasn't watching it too closely, but I think I had watched enough things that were joking about it that it eventually hit me like oh okay that they they lip they are lip syncing and not really singing these songs <laughs> lots of in living color sketches oh, based on that man. premise that, that fed their entire season that year i think uh but yeah this this was the tipping point where their producer like finally admitted like fine yes see they they didn't sing it we demanded integrity from our pop artists in 1990 <laughs> uh you know it comes around every now and then well now it feels like it probably was like 14 years ago or something that uh, what ashley Simpson got caught with the right. lip syncing thing on the, SNL. The CD started skipping on SNL. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of SNL, that's how I knew about that Justify My Love music video because oh. uh, Wayne and Garth did a whole thing about it that the music video and like Garth Garth danced like the guy with the bulge except they gave him like a two times as big bulge. For it, it was the most times the word schwing was said on television <laughs> that night. And uh, yeah, Home Alone was like one of, uh, Bat- uh, Batman was the first movie I really remember like loving seeing in a movie theater as a kid in 89, but Home Alone might've been like the second, like getting to see Home Alone in the movie theaters mm. like that was so cool and exciting. Like it was, it was Macaulay Culkin's time and Sylvester Stallone going, going into the past with Rocky Five uh, flopping. So this week on the show, we have special guest Mike Hamford of the Birthday Boys, as well as the Sloppy Boys, both the band and the podcast. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. (laughs) I remember when I saw Batman uh, in 89 in theaters. So that was the summer, right? That must have been the summer. Yeah, I think it's like July or something. I was upstairs. I was sitting on the toilet and my brother yells up to me, hey, Mike. Mom and dad said we can see Batman. <laughs> and I remember being like, yeah, <laughs> not really even knowing there was a Batman movie, but just like my older brother's excited about it. And I'm excited about it, too. 
I'm not missing out on an opportunity to be on his side. <laughs> I have a I have a Simpsons based memory about Batman Returns, and uh, I had just finished watching my recording of Homer at the Bats, the softball mm. episode. Is that the name of it? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And my mom said, "How would you kids like to see Batman Returns?" And we saw it, and then I just watched it again for the first time in I don't know 25 years, and I can't believe my mom took me to see that movie mm. when I was nine it's, it's or so, ten. It's no, so nine. bloody and horny. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, no, Mike, me and Bob, big fans of, of uh, your sketch group, The Birthday Boys. Thank and, you. Thank you. And yeah, your new uh, podcast, The Sloppy Boys, like I, I am a Patron, as you call <laughs> them. Oh, are you? Good. <laughs> uh, we love the Patrons. Patrons beat anybody else in our lives. Love the Patrons. If you see a sketch group more than three times, they have to appear on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we're proving it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I actually just rewatched all of uh, all Birthday Boys and all of Comedy Bang Bang uh, with my husband. He'd never seen it before, and it was uh, it was so much fun. Now, now I I recognize every Birthday Boy in in right. In, right. <laughs> Um, we pop up in in both shows. Do we? Did you have the DVDs? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and yeah, Bob both. Think, yeah. Yes. In fact, I think I, I bought them from your merch table <laughs> when we, when I met you in San Francisco that you were telling me about. Yeah. Yeah. Before I see. Yes. 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 Good. <laughs> good. Uh, I where did you watch Bang Bang? I don't think that's on. Is that on somewhere? Um. Well, on Netflix. It, yeah. I watched it on Netflix, but when it was there. But yes. Mm -hmm. uh, for for me and my husband to watch it, we had to sign up for a trial of AMC whatever as oh. a bonus channel on Amazon Prime. It's oh. it is so complicated. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, I know. I, I there there are friends of mine who who have writing gigs or something. They're like, it's on um the Peacock After Hours thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, but, I'm not going to find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Mike, you know, as uh, you you have a similar you know childhoods to to probably a lot of our listeners, you must have. Mm -hmm. Did you watch this episode uh, when it debuted in like 1990? I am uh, was just introduced to The Simpsons when you texted me about this. You said you want to be on the podcast. I said I've seen this little guy, spiky haired guy on t-shirts since the 90s. I got to finally watch one. And I thought it was cute. Bart is not um, a minion, first thing. Yeah, yeah. Not a minion. Uh, no, yeah, I, I love The Simpsons. This, the Simpsons were like, for me, one of those things where it came on, I'd watch it on Sundays, uh, or Thursdays was it on too? Did they switch to Thursday? This episode aired on, on Thursday. Thursday, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would watch that, and then all throughout the week, I think it played like four times a day on between two different channels, and it was just like, I'd watch it all the time, then go to school and have a friend that we just like quoted The Simpsons. And <laughs> if anyone quoted The Simpsons, they were cool and they knew what was going on. And, uh, you know, if they just said dough, like, eh, that's not really The Simpsons. That's one thing that one guy says. Um, but yeah, this this episode, I definitely knew, but I uh, rewatching it, I was like, oh, yes, I remember all this stuff. But I rarely go back and watch season one, two and kind of three. Hmm. This one is pretty low key, even for season two. Yeah. It's very down to earth, very sitcommy, and it wants to be a Karate Kid parody, but that never quite breaks through. Right, very sitcommy. That's a good like the idea of getting together and uh, losing a bet and having to mow the lawn in your wife's dress <laughs> felt very much like a '90s sitcom, which is, seems sort of beneath The Simpsons or what it, Simpsons would become. Yeah, in the commentary, you can kind of hear them. You know, they 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 aren't so positive about that at the ending, which is it's that. 
that's something I yeah. like on the commentaries when they can say something like didn't work or if they uh, they can dump on it themselves. You, by the way, the birthday boy commentaries. I I had not listened to yeah. those before until this uh, this last year, and I I love they're really great. They are good. Okay, good. I remember doing those. We watched <laughs> for each season. Like we sat there and watched all episodes in a row and mm-hmm. just talked over them. And I can't remember if they're good or bad or interesting <laughs> or funny. I, I did like hearing about how Mitch broke his arm in that yes, one sketch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that was crazy. He then, I'm sure, he talked about how like the doctor said it wasn't broken, then it was broken, and I like, can... he could have like lost his like movement in his arm, <laughs> his elbow. I I also can believe you guys recorded the season two one all day as you found out like you you start your season two commentary right. by announcing that you have been canceled, which like that that had to suck. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we knew that was coming from like the middle of the season, though, mm. like the middle of the writing process. Yeah. Uh, there was like a new president of IFC came in and Odenkirk was like, look, guys, this will probably be your last season. I don't see like just just because of the way things work with mm. new presidents coming or whatever. He was like, so you just have fun and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. As uh, somebody who, you know, went uh, became a comedy writer and performer like did The Simpsons must have influenced you, uh, you know, to a degree. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just like dumb people, uh, specific, (laughs) like very specific references. I can't think of any good examples, but yeah, I remember watching The Simpsons and being laughing at jokes that I didn't get because uh, they were, you know, referencing something I had no idea what it was, but knowing that it was funny and laughing because it was so obscure, the reference. And uh, we, we've also, uh, we've, we've heard before from you, when you guys were writing in a group together, like you you weren't working as a PA on The Simpsons, but two, two of your... Uh, Mitch and Tim were. Yeah, Mitch and Tim were. Yeah. How, how many meals did you get from The Simpsons writer's room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A ton. I mean, Mitch would mostly Mitch. Tim was worked at Gracie, so he he would pop into the Simpsons a lot. But Mitch was like in charge of the the dinners at the end of the night, like ordering dinner for the guys, the writers and then leaving. And they would order a lot and just have like so much left over. And Mitch would come up to the birthday boys house where we'd have meetings and shoot videos and just generally hang. And uh, (laughs) he would bring like four pizzas and like subs and stuff and like all this crazy stuff and like this is so great he's like i hate this job I'm like, yeah, yeah, but this is so great. uh i mean you get the you had a great position because you get all the benefits of it and, and mitch just mm-hmm. has to suffer at it yeah yeah i think universally mitch endeared himself to those guys and eventually was a uh, a voice on the show that's yeah. right yeah and i think universally yeah. the worst jobs do have free pizza mm-hmm. it's just a perk <laughs> True. So you don't go on a killing spree. <laughs> I think Mitch Mitch was also, Mitch and Weiger were just on, I think this past year for uh, like a podcasting episode. Yeah, they visually appear. I don't think they talk, but I don't, I don't, think, think, so. I don't think so either. Yeah, the, the, the Doughboys do appear on it. I was, I, one of these days we'll get the call to <laughs> be out there. Yeah, what the heck? Have you, you've had, I'm sure, writers and stuff on the show, right? Yeah. Yes. Though not as many currently employed their writers. More of the guys who are like, you know, one day a week guys. If we have Selman on, that's... That'll be our big pit push to him. Like the, the majority of the interview okay. will be put us on the show. Why aren't we there? Matt? I will read my spec script to you uh, <laughs> <Yes>. live. <laughs> uh, so Bart buys a golf club. That, oh, that's a terrible. Pitch. Lisa becomes a TikTok star. Oh, there you go. There mm-hmm. it writes itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also Mike, I I know you're. Well, did you ever skateboard? Because Bart did, or I know you're you're good, you're good at the inline skates. I know that. I. <laughs> I I got into skateboarding in like middle school and a little bit of high school. 
I couldn't do much. I kind of maybe could ollie every once in a while, but uh, I thought it was cool. I just liked the look of it, but it wasn't it wasn't a, uh, a Bart Simpson thing. If anything, my skateboarding in the '80s and '90s was a Michael J. Fox uh, Back to, Back to the Future thing. Ah, that's classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the episode, we should start things off with a writer's corner because this is the first episode written by Jeff Martin, and we interviewed him for our Patreon in February of 2019. So I'll keep this kind of brief. But if you want to hear more from Jeff himself, that is behind the five dollar paywall. We did that in February of 2019. Mm-hmm. He was one of our friendliest interviews. Very nice guy who's like a very uh, for being like an Ivy League dude. He seemed very. Has also been like in Hollywood for 40 years now. <laughs> He's he was very down to earth and just like a chill guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him a lot. So most notably, he was the roommate of Conan O'Brien yes. because he went to Harvard and was part of the Harvard Lampoon. <laughs> and this is something that I just kind of glossed over before with Jeff Martin's history. But we recently went over the history of Get a Life and David Letterman. And we were watching a lot of Letterman clips from the 80s and just realizing or just re- recalling how important David Letterman's 80s show was. Oh, yeah. Jeff Martin graduated from Harvard, went right to Letterman the, from the very beginning of Letterman, 1982, and stayed there for eight years. And The yeah. Simpsons was his next thing. He was there for every big moment on Letterman, like all of these giant, all of the major. We we asked him about the Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman moment that he was there for, and and so many, and the Sonny and Cher one, and like listeners haven't yet. If you're a Simpsons fan, you really should hear our uh, what a cartoon we just did about Get a Life because it is a sister show to The Simpsons, uh, 100%. And yeah. Steve O'Donnell, I think he was the head writer for Letterman, and he was the uh, the Harvard force to mm-hmm. bring together a bunch of Harvard people. So <laughs> this could not be accurate, but I want to say the first David Letterman writing room was one of the first mega Harvard rooms. I think so. I mean, you know, Meryl Marco, famously, she was the head writer, uh, one of the most like influential women in comedy in the 80s. Uh, but yeah, I think the Steve O'Donnell, like uh, the, it was a pipe. It became a Harvard to Letterman pipeline in 30 Rock 2 at the same time. Not exactly, but SNL was starting to Harvard up a bit at two. Mm-hmm. So again, he went from eight years of the best times of Letterman to mm-hmm. The Simpsons. He would write multiple episodes throughout the this era and uh, through season four, production season four, and Homer's Barbershop Quartet, which aired in season five, was his last episode of this era. And he would also write all the songs in seasons two to four. So we talked yeah. to him about that. So things like the uh, Capital City song, the monorail song, little jingles you would hear in the show. He wrote yeah. all of those. His first one was in the only a moron wouldn't cast his vote for Marty Burns. He also would tell the tale like he he wrote the music for the monorail song song though the lyrics were all conan and mm. yeah and, uh he talked about in our on in our interview like seriously listen on patreon but he uh had on dancing homer how proud he was that he discovered his niche of like oh i can write songs that nobody else here can really do that and and work with alf clausen to to make him sound amazing so after 23 years he came back to the show to write a handful of episodes the most recent one he wrote with his daughter and it's the most recent one to air as of this recording so yokel heroes he only wrote one with his daughter and i think he mentions that in the interview that he is writing an episode with his daughter yeah yeah who's a professional as well and yeah the i mean it was a cletus episode and Cle- the name he didn't create the character cletus the slack jawed yokel because that was after his time but cletus was in the writer's room because in his episode i married marge the people right before them getting married are Cle- 
Cletus. Uh, uh, Cletus is the name of the groom, which he. But it's not our Cletus. It's not the Cletus, but yeah, it, it put Cletus in the in there in the minds of people. But yeah. So like eighty percent of the staff from seasons two to four, he left the show, and like most of those people, he got his own sitcoms, and like most of those people, they went nowhere. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm sure they were fine, but uh, how many sitcoms were there in the '90s that we remember? How many you know died within seven to nine episodes? Yeah, well, especially with a live action sitcom like once you've had six air most networks are just ready to cut bait uh, especially back then when they'd be like oh well that sitcom didn't work we have 10 others we're uh, preparing right now just get rid of that one and we heard from bill oakley himself uh, future showrunner that in the 90s networks just wanted sitcoms because they wanted to eventually sell them into syndication so if they had a hit sitcom they could make enough of it and then make total bank on that in the future and if you came out of the show out of the simpsons of you could take meetings as like well yeah he just wrote for the simpsons okay here's 10 million dollars make me a show like you you everybody was getting rich off that stuff yeah so i can go over the shows he created right after the simpsons and odds are you do not know what these shows are if you're in the comments and you have uh, seen these shows or remember them let me know both in 1994 so his first show that he created uh was called the good life he created that with his wife suzanne martin and this was a sitcom a workplace sitcom that had drew carey in it a year before the drew carey show right right if the show hadn't been canceled drew carey might not have been able to sell his own show and his other show from 94 was hardball which was a baseball based sitcom all i could find that it had a pre-news radio joe rogan one year before <laughs> news radio one uh, year before joe rogan took the airways by storm one year before he stole that role from ray romano yep, ray romano yep. could be talking about dmt and be the podcast <laughs> king not joe rogan but he chose a different path and baseball is so martin loves baseball yeah. like he's a baseball addict <laughs> <laughs> Other things Martin would do, he developed these, the uh, animated series Baby Blues, which mm. is fine. I'm sure we'll cover it on What a Cartoon in the Future. It's okay. It's not. It's, it's not yeah, bad. It's fine. There's there were many worse Simpsons wannabes out there, and and it was smart to hire a Simpsons writer to run your show. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, in the mid aughts, he created the forgotten Jason Alexander show Listen Up, which is also a sports theme sitcom. Right. Okay. That's not the only other Jason Alexander sitcom I remember was where he's like he's a agent or something in, like, in this yeah. one he's a sports commentator okay yeah, yeah i know it's a different show i get it's, it's sadly other than uh julie louis dreyfus do dodged it but the others didn't uh from seinfeld they didn't have too much success no after. one cared about the marriage ref or the michael richard <laughs> show uh i love that marriage ref that it just came out of seinfeld having like a bad relationship with his <laughs> wife of like i wish i had a ref here to tell my wife she's wrong or a b movie Oh, God, the B. I love that if you go back now through like 30 Rock and these other shows that just it's it's Seinfeld making a guest appearance just to hawk B movie like it completely breaks reality. It's it's, it's no good. So let's not talk about Jeff Martin anymore. His wife, Suzanne Martin. Now yeah. she she's on fire because Suzanne Martin, also a television writer. And uh, again, they created The Good Life Together, a failure. But she's created her own sitcoms that are very popular mm -hmm. and, and also non sitcom shows like The Client list and hot in cleveland those are two big shows that she created and she's still working on a lot of stuff uh they're the talent family and uh yeah. their daughter samantha she's done some stuff but again she is co-writing with her father on the simpsons the most recent episode yokel heroes 
yeah that hot in cleveland show it was uh that's it's all on paramount plus and when i saw it, i was like wow they made so many seasons of this thing and like as a kids in the hall fan seeing dave foley is yeah. like a supporting guy in the show i was like eh, but, i'm uh, happy to see him get work yeah no hey and uh, he, uh, as we all know he needs the money <laughs> and we'll cover it in this episode by the way we're recording this after we recorded the episode proper but in this episode dead putting society jeff martin uh like lays a bunch of eggs that will hatch in later episodes all dealing with the simpsons history including you know the births of certain children uh, how long the simpsons lived in their house uh you know uh where ned went to school and so on he is he is laying the foundation for future episodes about the history of the simpsons yeah jeff martin is one of like the top mythology makers of the simpsons like he actually really cared about that stuff i think he's one of the one of his best qualities as a writer on the show other than just his awesome songwriting abilities for funny songs is that he really is good at the family stuff like these fan like sarcastic family interactions or just like how a father talks to his kid it all just feels so real and martin talks uh, so much on the commentary of like oh yeah that's for my real life or that's for like my dad said that my mom said that my sister said that he brought i think he's another of the guys who said like once you've run out of your personal experiences it's much harder as a writer on the show and i remember from the commentaries uh mike reese and maybe al Jean saying the writers were jealous of jeff martin because uh at the time i'm sure it's still true now i haven't seen him he was very very handsome yes yeah the he, most handsome <laughs> of these uh nebbish writers if you if you see when they draw the writers in um the front he is the most handsome easily of the ones drawn and i i believe that is still true like he i think he was also the one who resisted gaining weight the best yes like, yeah, the, like, the healthiest simpsons writer but yes yeah. that is our little bio on jeff martin The Simpsons will be right back. Bart is for the goals. Remember what Vince Lombardi said. If you lose, you're out of the family. On The Simpsons. Homer. Oh. Thursday. Hope you're enjoying this week's podcast as much as a frosty chocolate milkshake. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Mike Hanford from the band and podcast, The Sloppy Boys. You guys should check out all the stuff they do. They are so funny and awesome. Thank you so much to Mike Hanford. And you know what? If you enjoy our podcast, Talking Simpsons, then you really should check out our Patreon because that is how me and Bob do this as our full-time job going through the Simpsons all the way. Thanks to supporters like you out there, we are able to do this as our full-time jobs. For five bucks a month, you not only get to know you're supporting us, but you also get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time than it is on the free feed, and that also goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. Plus, you have a ton of exclusive you get on that patreon you won't hear anywhere else every month me and bob are doing talking futurama going through the third season of futurama the same way we go through the simpsons and you can also hear right now talk king of the hill me and bob as our three month long miniseries are covering the first half of the second season of king of the hill in depth and we've done the same as a patreon exclusive for mission hill the other episodes of king of the hill and, and futurama and the simpsons sister series the critic so many awesome podcasts that are available to you at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for just five dollars a month
But if you really want to feel the love of this podcast deep in your bosom, then you should head up to the premium $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. You get the many things I just mentioned at the $5 tier, but then you also get each month the What A Cartoon Movie Podcast, where just like we do on What A Cartoon Podcast, we cover an animated feature film, super in-depth. I'm talking over an hour long of talking about the history, very well-researched about a certain film. And then often for four hours total, we talk about the film scene by scene breakdown, just like we do with Simpsons. This month, if you sign up, you're going to get to hear us talk about Shrek! 20 whole damn years of Shrek and there's a giant back catalog available to you as well over 120 hours of what a cartoon movies and you can hear our most recent one at the end of the month films as diverse as Akira Beavis and Butthead to America Tiny Toons I Spent My Vacation Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and tons and tons more please consider signing up today at the $10 level to get everything that's awesome at patreon.com slash talking simpsons Well, this episode is a really, it, it is a quiet episode, but it also is like a major episode for a major character in the series, too. Yeah, like, it's, the, it's yeah. the true debut of Flanders, and they even start introducing his more Christian elements. Before, he was just the neighbor who was the ideal suburban dad compared to Homer. Now, there's a little more to him. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you if you think of Flanders, if you saw him in, say, The Call of the Simpsons or the first Christmas special, his whole thing is just, he has things nicer than Homer. That's that's all there is to him. And also, mm-hmm. the, the interactions Homer has with him are like, he's defeated by Ned's ability or just how much money he has. Uh, Homer is just like, kind of, he's the lower tier guy to Flanders going like, well, how do you afford a big RV or whatever? He's, yeah, yeah. He's certainly not cruel to flanders bordering on like trying to bash his head in with a pipe you know that's (laughs) (laughs) it's a very different character dynamic in the first season yeah and flanders isn't yet like so uh like hadley hodley hadley who neighbor (laughs) like he hasn't they haven't gotten that far with him yet i think we get a toodly doodly from todd but flanders doesn't have the baby talk quite yet uh right and yeah, over season two, I think we're going to mark how like every, he'll say it like once an episode and then every line will have a biddly boodly kind of thing to mm-hmm. it. And, and yes, also him being Christian was like, this is the first time and uh, this is the first appearance of his, of his wife too. And uh-huh. the first time it's the idea that he has two children, though I technically both hit, appeared separately, but I I have a theory that they just misdrew his one kid in season one. Like one time is tall and one time is small. Hmm. That could be it. There was some animation stuff in this that I love that you don't see anymore, obviously, because it's it's much crisper now. But like the opening, actually, I don't know how true this is. Do they still use the same opening like footage, let's say, for like newer ones? That has been uh, changed since season 20, I believe. Yeah that's, yeah, that's when they did the new HD. Well, new, the now 10 years old HD opening. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Because this, like the opening, I it, like it just like crackly little animation and like the lines aren't very good. And I was right from the get go. I was like, ooh, this is going to be uh, an interesting watch because everyone looks a little different. Even Homer's hair was like the in the back of his head wasn't like 
pointy it was like curvy yeah it's it's wavy hair homer and also like the it, wavy it, hair. <laughs> and also it's distracting too if you're used to how their mouths normally move that in season two like their mouth lines go beyond their ears or necks a lot of times yeah like, yeah oh. and they have uh, brow lines too sometimes yeah at, the, at their temples yeah, it's a, it's a lot more yeah. lines on the face than than you had back huh. then. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, but yes, this episode begins. Uh, well, first, there's a chalkboard gag referencing Nancy Cartwright. Uh, I because it's like Bart's chalkboard gag says, "I am not a 32 year old woman." Uh, yeah, which yeah. I guess it had just started coming out that like Nancy Cartwright was doing interviews. I mean, I don't think they like hid Nancy Cartwright is Bart, but I guess it was more that they were starting to cover it. Yeah, and I think an episode yeah. later this season they'll actually include uh, you know Dan Castaneda as Homer, Julie Kavner as Marge, just once to let everybody know who plays each part because people wanted mm -hmm. to know. That's right. Yeah, she's uh, though actually the chalkboard is accurate when Bart says I'm not a 32 year old woman. Nancy Cartwright had actually turned 33 a week before. A week or two oh. before this episode aired so she was it's that <laughs> slow cell animation <laughs> i i don't like being uh five years older than nancy cartwright was in 1990 now i just <laughs> i always i want to think of like oh she that she's always younger than me or older than me yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, the the episode begins with the classic Simpsons lawnmower meant to be ancient even in 1990. Mm -hmm. And uh, Homer, they, they point this out on the commentary and it's very distracting after they say that. But like Homer is so mad this entire episode. <laughs> like he's never, yeah, good point. He, he's never not screaming with rage. Snapping at everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, like literally raising his fists at people multiple times to be like, hey. Like threatening Marge yeah. with violence when she offers him juice. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes, Bart's Bart's working on his science work, which is he's actually slightly more attentive than I was to my my ten uh, the science project I had in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. I, I actually just let my mom do all the work on it instead. <laughs> and, uh, I, I thought that was a really funny joke of potato still. Uh, just a potato <laughs> uh it taught me too that those little you do two quotation marks to mean repeats i didn't know that as a kid it, mm -hmm. taught, it taught me mm -hmm. that trick uh, and also bart yeah. saying genius at work which uh, would turn into a favorite uh, t-shirt in the That's series right. yeah. now available on our t-shirt store <laughs> uh but yeah ned Wait, i'm sorry which which t-shirt is that I the genius at work t-shirt that uh <laughs> that, that is yeah, worn yeah. by the the nerd pointing out the itchy and scratchy inconsistencies <laughs> right 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 uh, but yes, then Ned comes up, uh, invokes God for the first time, saying, like, thank mm -hmm. the Lord for this beautiful day. So he's lightly Christian. I mean, he does well compared to how Christian he'll be by the end of the season. He's yeah. still he's he's almost realistically Christian. In this. By the end of the episode, there is a group <laughs> prayer. So they're yeah. amping it up slowly. And uh, I like Homer's sarcastic who told, which apparently is a, a favorite of the Jeff Martin family. Just that was really funny. <laughs> that's a good people need to say that instead of hey uh, thanks captain obvious like just say, right right it's right all, <laughs> it's more passive aggressive and mean i like that <laughs> <laughs> i also like too this is their new the change in their relationship is ned is only nice to homer he he is telling him how to fix his elf crash so he's going to give him <laughs> the time release capsules to fix it and homer is furious that ned is at, is going to offer him help like and he's yeah that that is a full change on their relationship how it's been written to that point 
And yes, Bob, you're right. That's when he finds out there's no beer and Marge offers fruit juice and that he literally shakes his fist at her like, don't toy with me, woman. <laughs> toy with me. It's it's a bit intense to see Homer be like that physically. There's another bit later where he has the golf club in his hand and raises it yes. while saying like, I'll show you Char- Charlene is like, it's like Homer is this close <laughs> to beating his family in this episode. <laughs> He chokes Bart all the time. Uh, but that's cute. That's when weapons cute. are involved, we're looking at a family <laughs> yeah, his, annihilator here. His tongue, make, Bart's tongue goes a little squiggly. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. For some for some reason, strangling feels different than if he just punched. I don't think it would be popular if like, it's the time he punches Bart in the face every episode. Like, <laughs> Beats him with a club. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Homer, he deserves a little break from all his work. They they heads to Ned's den, which first time they showed that. And like, as I grow older, I now see like, oh, this is a sign of like extreme middle class luxury that not only does he have his den, but like a foosball table and his own bar and all this stuff. It's He's got his own family uh, crest behind the bar. Oh, his, yeah, God, I know. Yeah. Like old, old antique photos of the fa- uh, Flanders family. And and also like he has a collection of beer steins, which that's mm-hmm. uh, they, they mentioned on the commentary, too. They're like Ned enjoys drinking far too much in this episode yeah. by comparison to regular right. Ned, but right, it's right. still fun. Hey, one well, and, and you know, you yeah, Mike, your your podcast is about imbibing. Uh, mm-hmm. how, uh what what did you think of his home bar setup? Well I, I that's so cool. I love like I had friends in uh like middle school and high school who were, you know, I actually had one friend who like his dad owned he and his grandpa like started a cola business and they were super rich. And we went to their <laughs> going to their house was just like their rumpus room was just that with like the foosball and ping pong and like a bar behind the thing that's like the ultimate it's, a, it's the man cave man yeah <laughs> that's right this was uh, the man cave before that word was uh invented more like a yeah, man's grave i say so cool. <laughs> yeah but in this scene i love when uh i love when flanders is like i hope draft is okay yes. <laughs> like he's so out of the loop of like yes draft is what everyone wants the most and homer is very dismissive about his expensive imported beer yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's from holland uh, man i also there's such a funny drawing of homer like that even by season three they wouldn't draw him this way bored homer like angry with his hands in his pockets like that mm-hmm. that's such a funny drawing like i just to see homer having hands in his pockets i feel like how often is homer drawn like that like yeah <laughs> and i will say for continuity nerds out there when homer says they've lived next door to each other for eight years that stays true true in the season four episode lisa's first words that's right they move into that house right before lisa is born and lisa is eight so also written by jeff martin so he is building the history of the show yeah i wonder i wonder if martin uh just referred back to his his thing like what did i say before was it eight years (laughs) as we record this episode jeff martin and his daughter i think just wrote an episode like a new episode yeah that was the most recent one to air as of this recording yeah yes (laughs) he's yeah yeah he had left the series for a while but came back and has been he's i think it was like his third he's co-written with his daughter who's who's also in the the comedy writing world Mm -hmm. is she is she staff there they they come in i think they're freelance yeah they're they're freelance yeah i think I, you know, I'm not so totally sure on who's staff now, though. Now I guess that without a true writer's room, it's like, what is staff? What is it now? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Whoever's in whatever room can write anything. I wonder if those writers now just get sent all the candy to their homes. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like how do they get free lunches now? I, I mean, I guess they just probably order an Uber or whatever and get it sent yeah. to them. 
<laughs> well, that's so cool. Like I, I'm I, when I saw that on on Twitter or something, people were posting about it. I was like, that's cool. I, I wonder if I could ever write an episode of anything with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got you got to get your dad working in the. Uh, well, have him go to Harvard first. He needs to do that. Like, yes, <laughs> I need to get his application done. I know, I know. I keep putting it off. <laughs> Uh, but yes, in our first clip here, we have a big first appearance in the series, uh, Maude Flanders, voiced by Maggie Roswell, who she had been a voice actor in season one. She did Helen Lovejoy in season one mm. and other sparse voices, ah. but this is her key character for sure. It's beautiful. <laughs> Say, that's right. This is your first visit to the Flanders homestead, huh? Well, well we've only been neighbors, what? <laughs> Eight years. <laughs> There's my little popcorn ball. Kissy, kissy. <laughs> oh, hello, sponge cake. I thought you boys might be hungry, so I whipped up some club sandwiches. <laughs> Ain't she wonderful, Simpson? Yeah, 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 but aren't we forgetting something, Flanders? Oh, your beer. Uh, is draft okay? Just put in the tap last week. There's <laughs> a tasty little lager that came all the way from Holland. Well, beggars can't be choosy. <laughs> homer homer views non-domestic beers as lesser than <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like maude is just cute and nice that's that's yeah she's is. pleasant she she's is not she's a little she's a little midwesty yeah yeah, yeah. Like definitely playing up tinger voice sorry bob i think i cut you off there. oh Go no ahead. no uh just saying yeah she's very midwesty she's very to the suburban ideal which is you know the midwestern wife who provides mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get snacks ready for the husbands when they're <laughs> in the house <laughs> yeah. the husband's home gets snacks ready uh man and they i i love the design on the the club sandwiches i've never had those yeah. little sandwiches like cut that the way crust cut off yeah, yeah. i feel like yeah. homer should your sandwiches are they called or? i yeah. think so yeah and i feel like homer should be just knocked off his ass by a giant mug of imported beer because like what is the abv on a duff yes yeah that uh that well and that my well let's talk about that macho mug because i actually did a little research i yes i i've never owned a macho mug before but the thing that it is supposed to look like a giant beer stein it's not that they drew a regular beer mug wrong mm -hmm. it's that it's based on uh, uh jeff martin says that it was on the commentary that it was like based on a real mug his uh father-in-law owned and macho mug yeah it's uh and it can contain i've looked it up i found one from 79 that has ziggy on it right that looks exactly like it <laughs> how much how big is it how much it, it can hold a whole liter it is a, a one liter Whoa. mug so homer homer gets drunk like he is really <laughs> drunk after downing no wonder he's so mad immediately yeah, afterwards that's true <laughs> he's just plastered uh but but yeah, the macho mug is a real thing. I thought it was, it's kind of distracting. Just it's like, well, what? Like it, it's hard to read at first. And then once you know it, it's like, oh, I guess Ned is like a mug collector. And that's one of mm -hmm. his specialty mugs is this one liter mm -hmm. big macho mug. And he knows Homer likes beer a lot. So he gives him the biggest one. Like he's the, the perfect host. Uh, and that, and he has a really good tap because me and Bob worked at an office that was like, oh, we have a, we have a beer tap and it like never worked. I feel like like it had to <laughs> just to spray foam out of it yeah. and then uh, not, not great <laughs> like attached to a garbage bag it was just like ah. <laughs> it was so disappointing they, they talked it up big time and also it was like you know they had an open bar but like you'd only you were never drinking for happy reasons at that time. no no <laughs> <laughs> wait what job was this were you was it a restaurant uh no sorry is it a video game website yes like an internet oh, journalism wow. thing <laughs> was, and they it, had beers at work that's they basically just had a grocery store built into the office so you wouldn't leave. Yes, yeah. Oh. That's, that's the trap. It sounds nice. 
It was a classic Silicon Valley, like, would you want a Chobani yogurt that's like 90 cents at the store? Well, you can have one whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> or or like the big jars of uh, pretzels with the peanut butter inside. Like, eat them all day. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and boy, did I. And uh, <laughs> didn't make that job better. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, Homer, Homer, there's some funny Belch animation on Homer, too. I like that. I think they mm-hmm. th- that's how simple they are still at this point that they're like, let's just draw Homer belching. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't. You yes. Don't... The, yeah. It's definitely it felt like uh, just exactly what you said. Homer belching was funny enough. Mm. Uh, it didn't need to be a funny reason. He's drinking beer. Seeing him go back was like, oh, the cartoon dad is belching. <laughs> we didn't see that on TV. We didn't mm. see the dads of sitcoms belching in 1990 yet. Yeah, yeah. How many times did Danny Tanner belch on screen? Never. <laughs> I don't even think Tim Taylor belched on Home Improvement. No, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we get Rod, who had appeared before. He was the uh, he was the one handing Ho- Bart a, a Homer a pork chop, uh, for and example. And he had the, like the weird Mr. Simpson. Yeah. He had a weird yeah. uh, voice like oh. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's etched into my brain forever because I watched that one a lot. So that's season one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, now Rod has been fully rewritten as just like the meek little kid. Like that's who he is. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. later these kids are just instantly become so infantilized. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> just as a joke about how he's... protected they are by their parents. He, in this episode, he's like, by the end, he has like a pretty good sense of like what right and r- not right and wrong, but like what he wants in life and what's fun and not fun. Yeah, he's he is much more of an independent child than just like they. I think by the fourth or fifth season, they just love the idea of like, well, the jokes about these kids are that they are so sheltered that they would uh, die in this <laughs> yeah. world. Like, it, <laughs> what's the what's the joke? It's a later season, like a four, five, six, seven season where. I, I'm just remembering this cut. Bart or Lisa says says something very um, innocuous, and it just cuts to the two of them being like, ah, and running away. <laughs> uh, Does that I, ring a bell? I think I, Lisa's babysitting them, and they're afraid of a story she's telling about robots. Yes, yeah. I don't yeah. like this story. And he sets it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then Lisa just makes the state, like, she says, oh, that's, it's just a ladybug. And he's like, ladybugs, like, that hearing the word makes them run. <laughs> Uh, though I also love them reacting to watching Itchy and Scratchy the first time that's another another yeah yeah. but yes Ned uh, has a cute little moment with Rod and that's when Homer just can't take it anymore in this next clip (laughs) hey dad thanks for helping me with my science project oh my pleasure study buddy I got the best dad in the whole world oh now you know how that embarrasses me (laughs) I know doodly doodly (sighs) <sighs> Kids can be a trial sometimes. All right, knock it off! <laughs> knock what off, Simpson? You've been rubbing my nose in it since I got here. Your family is better than my family. Your beer comes from farther away than my beer. You and your son like each other. Your wife's butt is higher than my wife's butt. You make me sick! Simpson, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I hope you understand. I wouldn't stay on a bet! on for the road that that line really <laughs> sticks with me because i never hear a butt being described as high like yes, look at her yeah, butt is so high <laughs> it kind of starts like homer in later seasons every once in a while will comment on that maud is attractive yes and it's just a funny thing like in the back of his mind it's like Ooh, homer likes maud <laughs> he it's this season in which he uh kind of uh sexually harasses her oh yeah that's right he stares down her, her the top, ones at the bottom you know, the ones. oh right 
and and that that grows to the point of him in by like season five or six he says like and his wife has a thing for me which she hides behind a mask of low-key hostility like that's that's a story homer <laughs> yeah, tells I think himself. the wife has a thing for me yeah <laughs> uh and the last the last uh the episode right before maude dies the joke is homer mm-hmm. hitting on her like he's maude <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> no so it's funny from the very first episode homer is mentioning that like he he is still staring at Maud's butt and is comparing it to his wife's like uh, right right I guess it's also a very late 80s style of uh, what makes a what is seen as positive on mm. a woman's behind and it's height I guess yes hi <laughs> but I guess we weren't into shapely butts yet Sir mix a lot had not told us about them yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a few years from now uh but uh but yeah i also love that ned ned gives him just such an earnest like kids can be a trial at times and homer just explodes just, yeah that's it uh, and that, that ned is just trying to connect with him of just like oh man tough being a dad huh? mm-hmm. does ned call homer simpson at one point or just, yeah. just by the last name yeah that's he's like yeah. Yeah. i have to ask too. you to leave yeah and yeah so it's the next night i love i do love a cute little homer and marge in bed scene um Mm -hmm. and then homer i mean you know haven't we all been in couples uh conversations and realizing you're telling a story where you're the hero and then (laughs) as a couple as as your partner is telling you like well wait a minute what what about that you're like uh uh well no i'm still the good guy here uh, <laughs> it's very well done i like homer just uh, well it wasn't what he said it's how he said it <laughs> what do you yeah, say yeah. <laughs> and just the way he leaves also it reminded me of like this became sort of a runner as well where homer homer exits the room and then has like his slam the door line to marge and this time it's like i'm not perfect like ned flanders and <laughs> it reminds me it feels like it's the precursor to him going like gumdrop house on lollipop lane <laughs> and slamming the door yeah yeah though by that point marge actually gets like a funnier thing to say back to instead of just <laughs> marge doesn't do much more than groan in this episode and she washes her hair off screen she does wash her hair yes <laughs> yeah that was a weird weird thing she, like I, was that a joke about her hair being big like that was that still just like oh talking about marge's hair is a funny joke i guess, I guess so, so yeah. I, I think they just wanted a reason for lisa and marge to not be at the miniature golf course right but right right they didn't really need to tell us that yeah. <laughs> no uh, <laughs> yeah it's funny because we're doing season 12 episodes if a scene just starts with homer and bart somewhere you just assume like well yeah homer and bart went to a place i don't yeah uh they're little buddies i like that they uh, i mean that shows you a different feeling back then they're like well we have to explain we got to justify everything homer can't just yeah. appear somewhere i would be screaming where is marge yes why is it marge? <laughs> was she kidnapped if not on screen i need a text on the bottom to say where they are <laughs> well that that at least like gave uh lisa a joke about winning like she was gonna study for a math thing because she's gonna win a protractor and then Homer's like, oh, too bad we don't have a farm, which is a funny. That, that's uh, one of those. That's one of those Simpsons jokes. That's like you have to understand how stupid Homer is and what he thinks she meant, uh, which is what I like. As as a kid, I probably just thought like, uh, yeah, Homer's right. They don't need a tractor. Like I, I yeah. Right. <laughs> as an eight year old, I did not know what a protractor was. Sadly, I would learn soon enough in school, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I learned all too soon. Uh, but yes, Homer storms off and takes a walk and. And uh, meanwhile, Ned is fraught. Like, but like, this is another like setup of what would be their relationship from then on. 
Homer is the only one who's wrong. Ned was only <laughs> finally defended himself. And now at night, he's blaming himself for not being Christian enough, not being truly Christ-like to the insults yeah. Homer was giving. And saying that he like blew up or like he like, went <laughs> off on Homer. It's like so not what happened. And then he says, like, I, I talk about flunking the old turn the other cheek test. I became a snarling beast. <laughs> yeah. uh, snarling beast. Uh, but this is also the first time uh, in this next clip when Homer, uh, when Ned calls Reverend Lovejoy for advice. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I forget that we have things a little better than the Simpsons. I drag him over here. He has a few beers. You can't blame him for erupting. Mm-hmm. And then and I turn into a snarling beast. <laughs> talk about flunking the old turn the other cheek test. Well, Ned, maybe I'm not the one you should be talking to. You're right. Hello, Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> no, this is Mrs. Lovejoy. Just a minute. Honey, honey, wake up. It sounds like Ned Flanders is having some sort of crisis. Oh, probably stepped on a worm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hello, Ned. Reverend, I'm sorry to bother you at this hour, but... I threw a man out of my house today. I feel like I violated Matthew 1919. Huh? Love thy neighbor. Oh, oh. <laughs> Matthew 1919. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, Ned, the good book says a gentle answer turneth away wrath. A gentle answer? Well, that is a Jim Dandy idea. <laughs> Bless you, Reverend. <laughs> Dear neighbor. <laughs> uh that that whole runner of just reverend lovejoy hating ned flanders like yeah. that that grows into like so many great jokes and in its own awesome so episode to, of the the listen lady one where, mm-hmm. where where ultimately he saves ned from baboons <laughs> i just love that <laughs> there's two visual jokes in this uh clip that i thought were great i think i'm correct in thinking lovejoy doesn't even take off his eye his sleep mask nope when he's talking that's great yeah he's just like get out of here and did you see what his speed dials what ned's speed dials were on his phone oh yeah it's like it's a reverend working home and then the recycling center and a bookmobile (laughs) (laughs) i pause it on that's so funny that bookmobile and recycling center is so funny it's so it's it shows that ned is a great guy but like too great it's it's almost annoying like why why would you need to speed dial the bookmobile (laughs) like uh i also just love in 1990 the joke can just be like speed dial somebody can speed dial something like just yeah yeah (laughs) just the technology itself is a joke the, the Seinfeld ended up having a whole. This is like year, like in '97, maybe had like uh, Jerry was moving up the ladder on somebody's speed dial. Right. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was still happening in '97. Uh, I mean, I don't think my family ever had speed dial. When we got caller ID, that mm. was great. Mm. Uh, that that felt like wow, caller ID. Now oh, every yeah. phone has them, and all my calls are spam risk and fraud yeah. risk. <laughs> <laughs> fraud risk. And, I remember we had a we had speed dial on our phone, but to access the speed dial menu like there was no screen on it that said you know typed out who you were calling so you we had a little you had to push like speed dial something else and then a number and then we had a little (laughs) card next to the phone that had what the speed dials were (laughs) like whose whose name it almost defeats the purpose that's uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) if you have to program something first uh i i also like i i double checked this matthew 1919 is love thy neighbor that is the scripture it's a classic 
And a gentle a answer turneth away wrath. That is Proverbs 15. That's the source on that. But huh. <laughs> Also, they note this on the commentary, but it, it hadn't become canon yet. But Ned and Bart both write with their right hand in this one. They, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that in the screen cap here. Yeah. We're, we're still a few, you know, uh, it's the end of this production season. It airs at the start of season three, the first Leftorium episode. So... It's not like they're messing uh -huh. up a thing that would later that is true. They just it hadn't been the rule yet. This is another early right. runner of the stationary joke. Yes, uh, yeah. from the <laughs> noggin of Ned. Was Homer's suicide note on dumb things I got to do today? Yes, stationary. That's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so flippantly, just saying like, yeah, and Homer's suicide note that was on a joke. Like, <laughs> Homer did try to kill himself in episode three. Yep. Yeah. In such a way that like. He tied a rock to his ankle, right? Yes, yeah. It's it like is... a, he's killing himself the way a mob boss would kill somebody. <laughs> uh, it was it was meant meant to be very retro, Justin. I mean, mm. I mean, it's uh, like Homer will later say this is a lie, but like it is lucky that he doesn't have a gun in the house on, <laughs> on days like that. But. <laughs> I feel like Martin was was told like, oh, you know, here's the running gags of season one, uh, personalized stationery, and things. Mm -hmm. Homer is jealous that things are better for Ned, like so he's he's sticking with it. But uh, but yes, then Ned runs into Homer as he's dropping it off, and Homer just screams at Ned again. <laughs> Uh, but Ned, <laughs> uh, but Ned gives a very earnest letter, and I have to say, I really love the whole family laughing at it together. Yeah, it's so that's great. so funny. Especially when Marge scolds them, leaves the room to laugh, and comes back to scold them again. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That seemed like a weird editing thing or something. That uh, that, that was maybe a mistake. I well, I think they, you know, in the shorts, in like the Tracy Ullman shorts. Marge was written as such a scold that she was like, there's no burping in my house. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. So it could have been this Jim saying like, oh, it would sell out Marge's character if she just laughs at the table. So what, yeah, if, that's true, yeah. what if we write her to leave the room? But it does kind of break up the pace a little much there. <laughs> Even Lisa is getting into this, though. I oh, love that. I love the animation of Bart and Lisa just losing it and just Bart <laughs> slamming the table. Like, Bosom. Yeah. <laughs> Bosom. That's uh, such a that's such a great like family moment too. Like it shows how they're uh, more brash than like the Flanders, but they're still a family. It's yeah. a it's I don't know. That's such a very that's a very specific thing because we've all had moments with our families where we're like laughing about a whoever yeah that, that brings you together that your family is brought together i mean i also just love the like here compared to the flanders who are brought together for like their love and appreciation for each other the only thing that brings them together <laughs> is being negative towards somebody else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, neighbors forever oh no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is great uh, i love you <laughs> yeah i uh here i i have a little of it just because the family is just so all the actors are just having so much fun here too like there's yeah they're recorded together yeah there's there's a liveliness that like it feels you know most most cartoons don't have this kind of like energy to it of all the actors here and yet i feel a great sadness <laughs> in my bosom <laughs> wait wait there's more i think it's terrible a man opens his heart and you make fun of him <laughs> Neighbors forever. Oh no! <laughs> Dead Flanders. <laughs> what a sap. Read the bosom part again, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Now, just a minute. Bosom. <laughs> uh, 
I just and it's so realistic. Bart's like the little boy yeah. who noticed like there's a little silence if yeah. I said bosom. Uh, mm-hmm. God, so it, it's uh, the Homer's line of uh, "Oh no, I don't know what it is about it, but it sounds so realistic." Like <laughs> you were saying, they were in the room together. That one specifically, I can't put my finger on why it sounds real. Uh, like neighbors forever. Oh no, <laughs> uh, it's almost too clever for Homer to make like kind of a mystery science theater like <laughs> He's snarky comment, riffing yeah. on the letter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Marge then says that she wishes the family was as, as close as them, which is when Homer suggests that uh, let's, uh, as a family growth thing, let's just all go out for for mini golf and uh, frosty chocolate milkshake. So also another very, runner, <laughs> another old ass runner that feels like Martin Jeff Martin watched all the shorts and he's like, well, the family occasionally would go places and then they'd have frosty chocolate milkshakes. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they, but yes, they write. There's another like little thing that they never do on the show now. Of um, when Lisa says she can't go, and the protractor line, Bart is like uh, getting up and shoves himself away from the table and walks away. Like it's this like mix of actions that I feel like now on the show, or even like in five years, it would be Lisa would say something and then Bart would do something. You wouldn't have two character actions true, in the yeah. same shot. Mm, interesting. I, I would never have uh, noticed that. And uh, and who who amongst us was a, a mini golf kid as as a youngster? I um, I I loved going to mini golf. I, I think, yeah, mini golf was fun. I think this episode made me aware of mini golf for the first time, and then I didn't do it until I was a teenager. And no mini golf course was as cool as the one in the show. Yeah, never for they me. They never either. are. Like they're not. They're just like some boards that you bank around there's not cool like i don't know a big gorilla that you have to get in the mouth yeah you as a kid growing up you see these pictures of like you know the famous one of like the giant dinosaur and mm-hmm. and then you see cartoons like this that extrapolate for that one giant dinosaur that's in one putt putt place like <laughs> and i i mean my local putt putt growing up in in both atlanta and florida they were nice and stuff and i think maybe one like had a castle or like a big ramp or something but never anything that fun but i I still enjoy doing it i've been to places with like yeah big castle or big cool like statues around but you never like went through them Mm -hmm. uh and like put it into them you have to go around them i i wonder if like in the in the pandemic era you know that's an outdoors easily socially distanced activity i wonder if putt putt is is uh, Mm. is surviving in this time better than most activities well they are raking it in right now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i've seen malls that have these weird funky uh sort of glow light or sorry black light indoor miniature golf courses uh, yeah yeah that are really expensive (laughs) for some reason I yeah. I will say about a um eight nine years ago for one friend's uh bachelor party thing in town in in san francisco we went to like uh you know this predated barcades i think barcades have pretty much uh, replaced them but it was like you know adult uh indoor mini golf where like the you know drinks are everywhere and it's uh it was fun but also like it was just uh well especially because it's oh it's indoor mini golf in san francisco they could afford like space for five holes i think it was, <laughs> it was yeah right 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 it was it was not much but i will say as much as i loved putt putt i think mainly i liked going to it because i knew when the game was over we could go in the arcade and my mom would give me like 10 bucks of of tokens to to play oh yeah games to get those tickets <laughs> or go straight to the simpsons arcade game <laughs> <laughs> 
So yes, they head over to Sir Puddlelots, uh, which uh, <laughs> a, a cute-ish name. They they've had cleverer names, but yeah, for sure. Another Jeff Martin connection. He would write the episode uh, "I Married Marge," and that shows that Bart was conceived at this golf course. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, uh... <laughs> in in something, right? They were. Yeah, actually, you know, the the um, windmill that Maggie barely avoids is one yeah. that Marge and Homer had, canonically had sex in. This was still an era when, like, Maggie would be, like, almost getting into trouble and no one would notice her. <laughs> yeah, that's also, like, a short thing of, like, instead of doing nothing with Maggie, the joke is Maggie almost dies and no one even knew it. She has to take care of herself, Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I like especially that she uh, that she almost gets crushed by that. Uh, nobody <laughs> cares that she's at the top of the ramp. Like Homer is a Homer's not a good dad. I'm just saying. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it uh, true. <laughs> I think you're right. I think we hit the nail on the head when we were talking about him choking his son <laughs> several occasions uh but uh, i also compliments to the director rich moore and his team because like the designs of these uh that alligator with the boxing gloves is one of my favorite like drawings in the show i just love mm-hmm. it his purple boxing shorts with, with his bright red gloves and his green body it's just such a fun combination of colors too i just i love that guy yeah and and the gorilla with the mortarboard pretty great too (laughs) (laughs) professor Uh, gorilla professor (laughs) uh but yes uh and grading even said that apparently they got letters from parents saying that it looked like the gorilla was about to eat maggie and it scared their children Mm. (laughs) (laughs) uh which i i wonder how i mean i believe he got those letters but uh yeah I would figure in Bart Mania they were getting blamed for everything. <laughs> Anything that's also happen. that's just like okay, what else can we uh, complain about with this show? Yeah, oh, yeah, the my child was scared because a cartoon almost got eaten. <laughs> that gorilla was too close to a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> they are playing the game. Homer can't get his ball in, and he actually reacts the same way the the ape does, which that's it's a funny I like <laughs> yeah. that drawing. Uh, and and Homer says Jack Nicholson himself couldn't make it, which yep, uh, classic Homer line. Classic joke. Yeah. That Homer was doesn't one, know words. As a kid, I'm I sure I had no idea what that meant. No way. Um, yeah, I, I still I have to triple check my notes every time. I'm just like Nicholas and Nicholson. Nicholas mm-hmm. plays the golf that. <laughs> I remember because Nicholson Cinema, he's a movie star. Oh, one of our great. You can, anyone can use that. That's not proprietary. <laughs> and Jack Nicholas, less, you want less strokes. Less stro- oh, Yes. Yes. Well, that's that's advice for anyone. I yes. <laughs> uh, they they they, uh, they mentioned on commentary, but Bart scores a 41, which is really good for 18 holes. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I like the reveal of Homer. Well, they, they set up that the six is the highest. Yeah. And he's like, six, uh, six, six. Six. <laughs> six plus six plus six plus six. Uh, I also I do like that uh, the 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 golf course is kind of trolling Homer because he hit it in the middle and it just puts it in the parking lot. Like, yeah, that's very funny. I love how Homer and the Simpsons in general, like impo- things that would never be in the real world, are there just to make their shitty lives shittier. Yes. Like they have the toughest time with anything with something that doesn't exist. <laughs> A thing that shouldn't happen has has to happen to him. And he's just like my, uh, like, but I hit it. In and then the a pickup middle. truck yes. runs over the ball. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that and that who wouldn't hit it into the middle hole? I feel like that has to happen to like half the players at that game. Right. Right. Uh, and they don't give you more than one ball. Like it's uh, that's part of the that's part of the. Well, pun- yeah. Put scam. <laughs> uh, but yes, as, as they're tallying up the scores, uh, the that's when a challenge is made. 
Final score, Bart, 41. Homer, let's see, 6 plus 6 plus 6 plus 6 plus 6 plus 6. Never mind! Hey, look! <laughs> wow, first prize, $50! Wow, free balloons for everyone who enters! <laughs> so, my little Bartley, thinking of entering the tournament? Yeah, he's entering, and once more, he's going to win, aren't you, boy? I guess it's possible. Hey, I like that confidence. But I hope you're not putting too much pressure on the boy. My Todd's awfully good. Oh, yeah? Well, I think the fruit of my loins can beat the fruit of your loins any day <laughs> of the week. Come on, boy. But, Dad, I've never won anything in my life. Son, this is the only time I'm ever going to say this. It is not okay to lose. <laughs> It's a really long first act. <laughs> yes, it is. I was like, man, is this? Have we been going longer than usual? But it's just it's a long first act with a lot of clips. Yeah. But what a good line that shows off Bart's personal self worth that he doesn't even look at first prize because in his mind he's like, I'll never get first prize. So just he, he's going to get a free balloon. He's so excited yeah. at that. Uh, I liked how first place was fifth or. 50 and then 25 and 10 and fourth place was half off of a snow cone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you could read that. That was almost yeah. it was hard to read that snow. Yeah. I, had to pause <laughs> and, yeah. I, I thinking of all these, like I paused so many times in this to try to find jokes. Thinking back when I watched as a kid, they everything blew by me so quick. Yeah, it was such a VCR show. Like it, mm. it, it, I think that's why it inspired so many obsessive fans because to fully engage with it, you <laughs> have to tape it and pause everything and watch it like yeah. eight times. And then later there would be jokes like the following people are gay, yes, and then you yeah. would need a VCR to read them all. <laughs> you, you guys did a lot on uh, on Comedy Bang Bang. There were a lot of like pause the screen kind of jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, we we packed a lot of. Stuff stuff in there so sometimes like so much even as a writer i'd be like whoa, 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 hold on we got jokes coming in all over the place there's <laughs> a jeff martin like did you ever read the uh unauthorized uh history of the simpsons yes yeah, yes yeah. i think it's jeff martin who says at one point there's just like too many jokes in the simpsons and jeff martin when he was the head writer was like okay just one joke per joke please <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I saw martin martin's one of the guys who was very uh upfront of like this exhausted and broke all of us we had to leave <laughs> after three years all of us wanted out and we all got like fatter <laughs> like, uh, it's uh, it's hard to t it's hard to turn down those writers room uh, snacks that's true especially they got um, all the free butterfingers they could ask for mm. back then all right <laughs> and uh, also that homer's threat is uh, over frosty chocolate milkshakes which they kind of stopped <laughs> drinking it uh, soon enough in the show but yeah uh, well, like, this is a, such a different Homer where he is willing to take Bart out for a fun day and take him out for milkshakes. I mean, he's still abusive, but yes, then yeah. <laughs> I don't think Homer would commit this much to his son because in the second and third act, he is just committed to training Bart. Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually in season three, Jeff Martin writes an episode about how Homer does nothing with Bart and yeah. how he's a terrible father. <laughs> uh, but And also the thought that Homer would take Maggie anywhere with him for anything is like right. nuts. Why is she there? uh just just for a series of, of quick visual gags with her yeah there would need I to love be when when homer pulls uh bart away and you, you get that like bart huh! yeah. like that is such a, a thing that just washes over you but just listening to it is so funny that they kept that up for years i and love bob i cut you off again <laughs> it's, it's okay yeah it's not okay <laughs> i think i hate mike hanford <laughs> no. hey uh, you're not the only one man oh I'm, I'm with you i'm still a big fan uh, no uh, <laughs> uh but yeah so comes back from break homer is teaching bart trying to teach bart they 
don't touch on it too much but i guess it is it's clear that bart is actually pretty good at putt-putt and can get even better and homer makes him worse by screaming at him like he's a terrible mm-hmm. terrible influence i i also like that uh Santa's little helper actually takes commands which in <laughs> 10 episodes it's about how he's the dog from hell and and doesn't listen to anything but yeah uh but yeah, i i like after he fails homer says like okay this time don't move your head and don't yeah. follow through well, i like how i like how santa's little helper does bow his head when homer says that and homer gets mad at it like that has nothing to do just leave that alone even if the dog's bending his head down that has nothing to do with what you're doing he's so he's mad at everyone everyone's failing <laughs> right. him he's he, uh but yes afterwards homer gives bart another like uh as as marge would say it she's warping him with this uh but uh homer tells bart that he must name his putter in this next clip mm-hmm. what are you doing that putter is to you what a bat is to a baseball player what a violin is to the, the guy that the violin guy now come on give your putter a name what come on give it a name Mr. Putter. Mom! You want to try a little harder, son? Come on, give it a girl's name. Mom. Your putter's name is Charlene. <laughs> why? It just is, that's why. Now this is a picture of your enemy, Todd Flanders. Every day, I want you to spend 15 minutes staring at it and concentrating on how much you hate him and how glorious it will be when you and Charlene annihilate him. Who's Charlene? I'll show you who Charlene is. Now start hating. <laughs> <laughs> gonna he, hurt him. he seriously yeah. puts that up in the air to be like i am bringing this down on the you. camera is looking up at him too yeah it's <laughs> it is post terrifying and also i really love castellanetta's um delivery of like the, the guy the, the violin guy like it's very natural mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i, and, I, I feel uh, like uh, in a few years they'd just be much stiffer of like this is the line just just say it like, and the first time we covered this one uh now over five years ago we didn't know what the charlene thing was and then a thousand people told us so yes we know it's from full metal jacket yes yeah. and that is what private pile <laughs> uh, names yes. his gun that's right yes and uh, this well, episode <laughs> this episode title uh obviously based on dead poet society but has nothing to do with the movie just we, we know yes we just yeah. let you know we, we know the, we know the reference but it has nothing uh, yeah, to do with yeah. anything which i, I mean, <laughs> i'm getting mad like homer <laughs> Jeez, uh, yeah i i would be missing an opportunity to not compliment mike on the amazing dead poet society uh sketch right. you guys did on, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks the, the yeah, still came in for that one he was great yeah. uh, ben stiller and frank caliendo you never thought they'd have such great chemistry together but they were <laughs> i right. know caliendo when we were uh may, we may have talked about this in the um commentary but when frank caliendo's in there was in there with us he at one point, like we stopped down shooting for something or light had to get changed. And he just was like going through all of his uh, impressions for us. And it was awesome. I love watching people do impressions. It's so fun to me. He's a master. He really is. You know, he's, he he's, really is. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I as Bart is trying to be angry, he's staring at the po- uh, photo. And then Todd comes in in the window posing exactly <laughs> like it, which I do have to wonder, well, how did Homer get that photo of Todd? Too? That is Where, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just ask Todd, like, hey, I'm taking a Polaroid of you right now? He's like, okay. My question about that moment is, where is Rod? Uh, was it Rod or Todd? Uh, it's, uh, it's Todd. Oh, it's Todd. Yeah. I'm sorry, even I'm messing up Where, here. Where is Todd? He's like out the window. Bart's room is all of a sudden on the first floor. Hey, yeah. This is that time when the, the... And also behind Todd is like maybe a dartboard or something. Like He looks like he's also inside. <laughs> it's a... 
It was that time when the Simpsons home made no sense. Uh, even <laughs> oh. when, when Marge steps out of the room, when they're all laughing at the letter, I think she also, there's some weird, where is she-ness to it. Yeah, that's not, you're right. The doorway she walks through yeah. leads to a place it doesn't normally lead to. Well, it's actually, very weird. You're right. Even at this point, like, in a couple episodes in Bart versus Thanksgiving, they make it very clear Bart's on the second floor that they've they've been clear on that up to this point. It's not a thing they create later. So Todd must have climbed up his like tree to wave at Bart <laughs> outside the window. Uh, well, also, speaking so of things weird. I never saw as a kid, like my mom never collected bacon grease, so I did not understand what Marge was doing with the pan oh. and, the, and the can there interesting yeah 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 i mean are just saving grease to like either recycle or use elsewhere like yeah my it was yeah that forbidden can under the sink don't open it it's uh, disgusting <laughs> uh, <laughs> see i never i guess you know my mom my mom cooked enough but never never with grease never saving the grease i think we probably mm -hmm. very unecologically just poured it down the sink <laughs> yeah <laughs> just dumped it on your lawn uh, I like I like too that Homer just accepts is like yes I'm scarring him yes what what of it <laughs> uh, and that's where Homer says that uh, at at the center of it all the reason he's doing it is because he wants to feel better than somebody because he's used to always being the guy people feel better than <laughs> yeah that was a great line you at least like you can pity him then you it, mm -hmm. it doesn't um, you know forgive his abuse but you can be like all right I I understand where you're coming from Homer <laughs> also in 1990 they got a joke about everybody gets a trophy that's right <laughs> so weird. Ah. and you know uh, what like all millennials bart knew it was bullshit yeah we all knew it was dumb like it was like yeah yeah i got a ribbon i know i didn't win <laughs> but uh, but yes it's from everybody gets a trophy day that's the name on the trophy so it's <laughs> they uh now now that's been uh it's a very tired very tired joke now <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, Lisa comes in and this is another like more subtle change. Not that Lisa hadn't been smart the series up to this point, but in this episode, Lisa has to be a genius at everything and underappreciated. Like it's not just like, oh, Lisa's very musical and introspective, like she was say in season one's Moaning Lisa, but in this one she has to be like, she knows like specific rules of chess like the blockheaded bishop yeah she can do geometry she reads every book in the library she is also like incredibly philosophical yeah like mm -hmm. uh, uh it's it's a real upgrade of, G of lisa's genius for this episode yeah and selfless too because she admits dad doesn't care about anything i do so yeah. <laughs> i will help you because at least he's taking an interest in one of us i like uh, i like that she's like it's moments like these where I'm glad that dad doesn't care about what I do. Maybe it's, that happens later, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's here, yeah. Just, yeah. It's such a funny line. <laughs> I just love that, like, yeah, she she both... It's so heartbreaking, but funny, too, that she she has gone through the emotional steps of her life of first being sad that Homer has no interest in her, but then <laughs> now going like, you know what? It's actually good he doesn't because he'd be worse to me. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but more that, of a hassle but it also speaks to much more dysfunction in the family too that the eight-year-old mm -hmm. daughter is like well i'm actually better off without my bad father <laughs> even though she is helpful she's also very pedantic because bart is going for an obvious chess analogy and lisa's like well you know technically this piece is also bad and it's like right, no, right. he mean you knew he means pawn lisa. yeah come on <laughs> she's she's one of those harvard kids definitely the harvard the the the, the goody choo choose harvard kid coming out there uh but yes they they head to the library uh, for thing that 
Lisa reading card catalog sort of becomes a runner. Like I think there's maybe like two of these before bats come out of the card catalog. <laughs> that's right. When the bats fly out, that's like there's no more to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all her library friends never came back either. That's uh, also there's they a, died. They were they were old. <laughs> they were pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do these Dewey Decimal jokes anymore. Yeah. Also, there they 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 were de- it was by like '97. It was almost dead. Like yeah. There, that that tone you're saying Lisa was like looking through the card catalog and being like doing little under her breath jokes. Yeah, that does feel like a tone, even if it's not card catalogs, just kind of that, that way of speaking and, and delivering a joke became something they do a lot. The Simpsons. <laughs> and, and also there's a real season one joke of uh, the give a hoot, read a book uh, poster behind right. her of Krusty, <laughs> like which which was mentioned at Krusty's um, trial in, in Krusty Gets Busted. Oh, wow. Uh, it was the big it was the shocking reveal that he actually did, couldn't read uh but but yes lisa kind of ahead of the cur- well i i guess what tell in the art of motorcycle repair or whatever that uh I, maybe that had been published by 1990 i should look that up but mm-hmm. it, the the idea of like oh these western philo- or these eastern philosophies they're only interesting if you can put them on like sports or something macho mm, kind of thing yeah. that's uh, they, it was it was part of the conversation back then, and uh, I like the the Tao teaching. It's uh, it's an informative thing. It's uh, I I tried my best to embrace nothingness in my in my early twenties. I was like, nah, I, I like stuff. I like it too much. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Lisa tries to teach Bart some meditation in this uh, this next very cute clip. I want you to shut off the logical part of your mind. Okay. Embrace nothingness. You got it. Become like an uncarved stone. Done. Bart! You're just pretending to know what I'm talking about. True. Well, it's very frustrating. (laughs) I'll bet. Bart, I have a riddle for you. What's the sound of one hand clapping? Piece of cake. No, Bart. It's a 3,000-year-old riddle with no answer. It's supposed to clear your mind of conscious thought. No answer? Lisa, listen up. (laughs) Let's try another one. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a sound? Absolutely. (laughs) But Bart, how can sound exist if there's no one there to hear it? Ooh, it is time. (laughs) Ooh, it all makes sense to him in that. It all unlocks, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that blew my mind as an eight-year-old. I, I probably yeah, never yeah. thought like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just love, I did think like the pedantic kid of like, no, this is what the <laughs> sound makes. I'm trying to make it into the mic here. <laughs> uh, they, they credit George Meyer for coming up with that. And it's it's ah. a it's a very real sound they get um, Bart there. It does uh, it does make the very muted sound of yeah. ha- fingers yeah. hitting your palm. But I this is where Lisa becomes Mr. Miyagi and the the parody begins. But I noticed that like uh, so this was something I was thinking about how if you were parodying the Karate Kid now, which there's been many 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 shows and and movies mm-hmm. that parody the Karate Kid they mm-hmm. would do the music and this it i think it shows a real generational change that when they start the training montage of bard and lisa like they they just do the original music that's more of like the fanfare stuff you'll hear later like it's it's not a parody of the uh the like you're the best or whatever mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like not enough time had passed because that movie was only maybe six years old by this point, five mm-hmm. or six years old, and there wasn't that uh, nostalgia for that cheesy song. So you wouldn't get immediate, uh, you know, uh, happy feelings from playing that, or at least like I have a comical effect <laughs> on the audience. We're like, oh, that cheesy ass song. Because how many times have you seen that in a montage just used for humor? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an easy, like when you hear You're the Best, you're like, oh, that's funny. I like that. Like it's not, uh, but I guess too, it's like this is written by adults who were like, you know, 28 when Kid Karate Kid came out. So right, they, they right. have no nostalgia for it in that way. Right. Uh, like South Park Family Guy, they they would be much more direct of just like, no, it's the song. It's not a Karate Kid parody if you don't hear the song <laughs> or at least a sound alike to it. But uh, but yeah, Lisa trains him in the in the s- snow or in the rain. And uh, there's a very distracting makeup free crusty yeah. that pulls them off of the pool table. Yeah. yeah it's- he- he i thought he was wearing like a prison outfit like on the crest of his shirt but i think it's just a pocket but yeah that was one of those uh, i don't know maybe if they didn't establish who crusty was exactly but they must have at that point <laughs> they they were following the season one rule of like crusty and actually i think they just took his prison grays from yeah. the drawing of him and crusty gets busted actually is, that, is, yeah, Her- yeah. is herman there with him or who you know, is that on the commentary they say it's herman but if you pause on the guy he's got two arms it's a herman like hmm. man uh, but it's <laughs> it's a low life yeah it is a low life but there are there are a bunch of people in the i think when they start doing the uh, putt-putt tournament a lot of the extras quote-unquote in the scenes are very odd looking yeah they're like people with like really lumpy weird heads or somebody who's like very tall it's uh i don't know they just didn't have like a uniformity to the simpsons characters yet maybe or they were they were just borrowing from other things they had we are still in the era of background freaks and our last yeah. live show that we did we just did a gallery of all the season one background mutants uh i oh. love in a, in a way i love those freaks now i mean i do understand totally why behind the scenes like graining and the other producers were saying this draws your focus from the characters uh we need normal looking people behind them but <laughs> But it's fun. Like, yeah, I like the spirit of just like a, an artist on the animation side said, I want to draw a funny looking person here with a weird head. Like, let's draw yeah, that. Yeah. Remember Bart, uh, Bart or Lisa had a friend that would always be sort of in the background. That kid with like the acorn head. Yes. Yeah. He's he uh, like an acorn top. <laughs> yeah. He was, he really looks and he has like dot eyes too. I think that mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the kid with the pink sunglasses. He always like mm-hmm. my eye goes straight to him. Yeah. 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 After all of that training, we then get the most direct with the karate kid stuff of Bart doing the pose on top of a garbage mm-hmm. can. And we even get to hear the flutes playing the, uh, the, the very stereotypical, like uh, Japanese flute, you know, the Asian <laughs> flute. Right. And also the background behind Bart is very, it's like a gradient, uh, which is very, that makes me feel more like season one when they have like a gradient background, but, mm-hmm. uh, and then Homer is just embarrassed by Bart. He doesn't even see it as training. And that I love how he's not just so mad at Ned, but he says he's going to mop the floor with your son's ugly butt. Like, <laughs> he's, he's really assessing the butts of every Flanders family member. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an obsession over there. Uh, Maud's got a high uh, butt. Todd's got an ugly uh, butt. Ugly butt. Ugly butt. Uh, I like that Ned, even Ned then is just like, uh, well, hey, you may be right. And then walks away and over <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, and his, his chicken act out is so funny, too. I love that. <laughs> Uh, though it also feels almost too clever for Homer to say like uh, the mating call of the loser. Right. Like, it's 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 like a clever turn of phrase by Homer that he'd normally be too stupid for. 
And uh, Ned tries to make one of those classic like politician sports bets of like muffins versus wind chimes. Marge <laughs> with her famous wind chimes. Oh no, wait, no, it's Maud That's who Maud's makes the, yeah. homemade wind chimes. Homemade wind chimes. <laughs> Uh, and so Ned finally gets pissed off enough to accept a challenge and even insults Homer's ability to uh, mow his own lawn. And he, he makes up a swear. It's it's the first funny Ned making up a swear to not say a dirty word with Jack and Ninny. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is where they identify the turn that I think uh, they were being nice about that commentary, but I definitely get the feel that they would have not written this as the ending uh, if they had had their brothers. Yeah, this came in uh, from Jim Brooks. They this credited it to Jim Brooks. His <laughs> idea, and because he's not in the room, they're they're a bit dismissive. They're still you know nice and polite about it, but they're like, yeah, we didn't we didn't really get this, but Jim liked it. And mm. then when they're in the end of the episode, not to skip too far ahead, when they're mowing the lawn, they're wearing these like dust bowl fashions <laughs> i don't quite get yes, that uh, Marge's fa- uh, best dress yeah <laughs> well they're wearing dresses no character would ever wear on the series and Marge is always wearing a dress <laughs> yes yeah and only one dress that homer could not fit into either like yeah right I, right <laughs> no on the commentary they call it out it's like it's very old-fashioned and also like as if you've ever seen a comedy before you know like they can't you're going to see them in a dress because otherwise it would be a real cop out if they, if at the end they're like, and neither of us wore dresses. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so instead they have to go obvious and be like, yes, they're going to wear dresses. I, I definitely, I think it was Jim Brooks probably thinking, you know, he wrote for Mary Tyler Moore show or taxi. Mm -hmm. And he was probably thinking like, Oh, on those shows, the laughs we would have gotten, if you saw Ed Asner or Danny DeVito wearing a dress. uh, Right. Right. The, but, li- the live in studio laughs we would have got. Yeah. But but it's different when you have cartoon characters who already are colorful and silly uh, wearing it. It doesn't it. The payoff's not the same. Right. You can't put them in anything that's going to be funny. I can't think of anything uh, a cartoon <laughs> character would wear in that show that would be like, <laughs> oh, this funny bit. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can think of the one good joke on The Simpsons. It's that when uh, Marge goes to jail, Homer finds uh, Marge's wedding dress in the attic and he comes down the stairs. <laughs> yes. <in it>. Uh, <laughs> but that's great because Homer feels no shame. He's yeah, just like, he's happy. He, he's humming the, the wedding march as he walks down because he's like, yeah, this is I'm wearing <laughs> a dress now. I, I guess to, at least it's the comedy of like Homer just likes to wear a dress. It's not and it's not about shame. It's not the weird like a oh, man in a dress out like that mm-hmm. also just feels so like retro of just mm-hmm. like a man in a dress who could think of such a, a funnier idea yeah <laughs> uh that but uh but yes they decide to uh to make the bet it's uh it has also put into i do think it's at least kind of clever that their adjustment of the father of the boy who doesn't win out of ned's sensitivity is how they both end up in dresses I, yeah I, yeah i thought that was cool it's at least it's a clever like rule on it yeah yeah Mm-hmm. and uh, as they walk away like ned is like good gravy what have i done it's like you made a bed who cares <laughs> like, i guess he's that much of a weenie yeah the most like there's no money involved it's just a bet with a, a friend <laughs> like the most friendly of bets they also may they mock on the commentary that right after that bet is made homer then see loses all faith in bart and he says to marge like well look better in this or this and on the commentary they're like homer you made this bet like you and you just did uh and and to steal a line from mike reese he says like did homer get those from clarabelle cow like, yes those, <laughs> such... i like i like the writer's 
like uh, yelling at the characters that they wrote. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah, so they they come back from the uh, commercial break for the third act. Homer is watching Bart sleep and then screams at him <laughs> as he wakes up. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, he's like, it's today. And you better win. <laughs> also, <laughs> One great... more big threat to Bart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also a great, like, scream animation on Bart. Like, a big cartoony, like, take from Bart. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they don't, I mean, no way they do that anymore. Like, the big, like, <laughs> wide mouth with the squiggly tongue. No, I miss those squiggly worm tongues. They're so much fun. Yeah. But that it, it'd break the rules. You can't, uh, there's <laughs> just too many animation rules on the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but actually, here starts another runner. Jeff Martin set up a lot of runners in this episode for his years, which are that Homer loves the worst comic strips right. around. Uh, Marmaduke, right? Yes. In this one, it's Marmaduke. Later, it'd be like Andy Cap, you wife-beating drunk. Yeah. Rex Morgan, MD. <laughs> yes, Rex Morgan, MD. Love is, I think he talks about at some point. He loves love yeah. is, yeah. Uh, I... Uh, which yeah, that's <laughs> that Homer. It I guess as a kid, it taught me like, oh, these are bad comics. I should <laughs> yeah, like these comics because yeah. Homer likes. Just because it's in a publication doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> that would always upset me as a little kid when I thought something was good, and The Simpsons would be like, no, this sucks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I thought, yeah. <laughs> like anytime Garfield was attacked on a show is not funny. I'd be like, <laughs> but Garfield, I love him. It still sets you off, Henry. It does. <laughs> uh, Garfield's my big eyed lasagna loving friend. <laughs> he'd sell you out in a second uh for just one taste of lasagna he'd sell me out he'd send me to abu dhabi for sure okay anyway uh it's breakfast time and this is when as a child i learned the word logie <laughs> it's crazy marmaduke eight hole aim for the octopus third tentacle 12 hole bank it off the pink tombstone nirvana a state of bliss attained through the extinction of the self. Here you go, Bart. A lumberjack's breakfast for my little golfer. Mom, Bart is on a strict diet of complex carbohydrates. Steak will make him logy. Oh, well, what will make him logy? Oatmeal. Oatmeal? Oats are what a champion thoroughbred eats before he or she wins the Kentucky Derby. Newsflash, Lisa. Bart is not a horse. Eat your steak, boy. <laughs> uh, I like that little bit there that Lisa says he or she wins a Kentucky uh, Derby. That's nice. I noticed that. Inclusive. And it feels outdated in that this was the era you would hear the term carbo loading. Mm. And now mm-hmm. we're all about lean meats and, you know, protein. So I think Marge's breakfast is probably better for Bart <laughs> than just a big bucket of oatmeal. Uh, it is pretty greasy, though. I, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I Also, like a steak for the, for the Simpson family is pretty uh living it up for breakfast yeah you know marge marge mm. really spent a little extra on that i'd be like at least yeah. a six dollar like new york strip i bet there was no close-up mm-hmm. but i believe it was a steakum oh <laughs> uh. i so i learned the word logie from this which is funny because like a little after this i got chicken pox and my mom like used the descriptor of like do you feel logie to explain like because i was like oh like bart would feel if he if he ate all that steak <laughs> I think that when I when I something like that happens in my life, I learn what a word is and I seem to hear it more often than I did. You know, when you like buy a new car or something, and you're driving around, and you see that car all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Logie's probably been in your life, but then all of a sudden you like knew what it was. So you then you really heard it. <laughs> I also love just Homer's like uh, hand motions. I like newsflash, Lisa, just to say <laughs> up like uh, again, what an asshole. Even like 
that he's such a dick to Lisa, who is clearly working to Homer's benefit to help Bart right. win. He still is like, fuck you. <laughs> like, uh, he wants this victory. Yeah. So then we get a, a preparation montage at a musical sting similar to Fanfare for the Common Man, uh, which is a tune written in 1942. Basically, you've heard it. Uh, if you've watched like televised sports, you've mm-hmm. seen it. And John Williams was very inspired by it stylistically for a lot of his like biggest hits. So, And this commentator, uh, I think we will hear him later in Bart the Daredevil, right? He's commentating over the wrestling match. We don't see yes, him. Yes, he commentates over the wrestling uh, match. And at the uh, in the next season on the Soapbox Derby, he's the announcer for that too. Yeah. They were kind of into this joke of the uh, highfalutin announcer mm-hmm. in a very lowbrow sport. And this guy, according to the commentary, I don't know who this is, but uh, Jeff Martin martin based him on uh, british golf commentators yes yeah. like henry <laughs> longhurst so this guy died in the late 70s but he was the official british golf announcer for the bbc so mm. this very uh very articulate very uh, high class guy announcing golf this is what he's based on <laughs> you would think he'd stick around but after a while it would just be like if you had somebody commentated these things it was probably bill and marty or brockman like, yeah those, those would be the people who does <laughs> bill and marty uh they, yeah they, they they thought they'd have a runner with this british guy I the other guy they said he was based on was Ben Wright, who I looked him up and in, in 1996. Ben Wright would lose his job for commentating because of a uh, homophobic and Ooh. misogynist comments he'd make about female golfers in 1996. So, wow. <laughs> Uh, I think he also passed away kind of recently, but yeah, he lost his, he, he said something about lesbians are ruining the, uh, the world of women's golf. That's, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, on the air, like, or, uh, or was... I believe it was reported on that. He said it on the record for like some interview and not, not like literally on the air, but <laughs> wow. Uh, but yes, Lisa, it's also a funny bit is they're about to begin like Lisa's giving Bart encouragement while Homer is is yelling at Ned one more time. <laughs> Bart, having never received any words of encouragement myself, I'm not sure how they're supposed to sound. But here goes. I believe in you. Thanks, man. Lord, we beseech thee. Hey, Flanders, it's no use praying. I already did the same thing and we can't both win. Actually, Simpson, we were praying that no one gets hurt. Oh, well, Flanders, it doesn't matter. This time tomorrow, you'll be wearing high heels. Nope, you will. Pray not. Pray so. Pray not. Pray so. Pray not infinity. Pray so infinity plus one. Nope. <laughs> Young Flanders has the honor and will tee off first. And that's one of the few times the show actually acknowledges the joke behind Simpson. You're right. And that Homer is a simp. And he doesn't quite get why Ned pronounced his name that way. So he's like, Flanders. (laughs) Because you can't be a Durs. You You can be a simp. It just hit me that... Homer is wrong. God does let both their children win. So he actually uh, did listen to their prayers. I thought that's such a funny, uh, like a funny religious joke of how, like I've already done the prayer and I got to it first. So <laughs> I probably will get it. I love that. Yeah. I, as a kid, that made, that made logical sense to me. I'm just like, well, if you both pray, God can't favor you both. Like, right. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and also, yeah, I love the, well, I noticed in the crowd that Edna and Skinner are there. I spotted them. And I was really? like, what are oh. they doing at this thing? Yeah, they're they're. I think they're, but you'll catch him behind Todd as he takes his first stroke in the uh, thing. And, <laughs> checking out their students. Yeah, they're checking in. They're, uh, they're, they're in uh, faculty <laughs> reasons. Yeah. The, these extras are just all over the courses. They're way too close to the action. They're just standing on the edge of these, of these holes. <laughs> Seems dangerous. Yeah. Oh. 
Also, I wonder what's in it for Sir Putz a lot. Do they charge the spectators to be there? Because otherwise they have to shut down their entire course for the day. Like they're out of day's business doing this thing. I assume it's promotion for the for the space. <laughs> I guess they're working with KBBL too, like KBBL sponsoring mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it's, they're, they're probably coming out on top. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Bart is uh, nervous at first, but then he goes kind of wall-eyed of just eyes going off in two directions Yeah, as uh, as he thinks of that tree falling in the woods. And that's when uh, Ned again directly references uh, Karate Kid by saying, mercy is for the weak, which is what the leader of the uh, Cobra Kai says. Mm-hmm. And then, then it leads to another montage, which again is just like, I, I actually really like this music in this montage because Alf Colossus just scores it to what's happening on screen. Mm. And it like really follows like the emotional through line of jokes. I, I really love that. Uh, in, in the course, you can see the graveyard hole that Lisa had been quizzing Bart on earlier. You see the pink tombstone she tells him to, uh, to bounce off of. And, and I also really love the, like the little joke that you think Homer is, reacting positively to bart's performance but he's actually being rudely like <laughs> negative and hoping that todd is gonna lose it's really it's really hard to see but you can also see todd's uh, engraved putter oh yeah it's to yeah. todd yes. love dad <laughs> oh i didn't know the love dad part that's funny that's sweet it's very uh, hard to read <laughs> and I, I mean if we were watching these on our sdtvs even pausing it on that's one thing when you had those pause to get it jokes on your vhs you had to have the tracking be pristine you had to get you had to pause like five or six times to be like make sure no lines were over it on your tv yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you guys i watched this on um disney plus is that where you guys got it uh i watched it once on disney plus and then on my dvd i still yes, have my yeah. ancient dvds <laughs> yeah the the disney plus like they play it in that widescreen format and i hadn't really noticed this before but it's it's really like at one point maybe it was a scene at the dinner table or something bart is in frame like just his nose up and there's a lot of weird empty space in the middle and all the care it's really uh didn't translate well over to oh mike you got to get in the settings yeah you can change it to full screen it's it's buried too Uh deep but you can watch it in its aspect ratio it took what like a year for that it took him a year yeah and you still got to google to find out how to do it it is not like right at the start like it should be but yeah i'll check that out like did uh as uh did you we've heard from other folks uh in the comedy world who they like said they learned a whole lot from the simpsons dvds or commentaries were you a commentary listener not really <laughs> I, I would i'd hear them every once in a while but no i i was uh i was just like I, i'd find myself watching the commentary and then be like wait i missed the joke <laughs> like we'll just watch the episodes <laughs> Uh, and, uh, well, so they head to the final hole. Uh, the guy has, uh, I, I love all of the lines the guy says about the final hole. Like it's like on the happy side of six strokes on the happy side of paw and they, the great mm-hmm. man, the face of the great emancipator. Like it's, it's very fancy. I, I like that a lot, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Homer misquotes Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi, who is like the legendary coach of the Packers, who if you search, like you can find a million inspirational quotes from Vince Lombardi. They were all mm-hmm. like, you know, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing or whatever, like those kind of things. But he never said, if you lose, you're out of the family. That is not a real <laughs> Vince Lombardi quote, at least as far as I can find. <laughs> uh, I like that that's when that's finally too far from our see smacks him in, uh, in the true. head. Like that's uh, she's had enough of this. Yeah, because she's been wanting the family to be a unit the whole time, even since like 
like when they read Flanders' letter, they're like, yeah, make fun of him, but they got a good family going. <laughs> and this time she's finally like, you have scarred Bart enough to tell him like to his <laughs> face you're out of the family. <laughs> so they're approaching the final hole. The kids are all nervous. That then leads to the boys making their own decision, which this feels very like early show for me of that I think Graining kind of lost uh, as, as he got older. As a man in his 30s who was like a new parent when this series premiered, he was still thinking like the kids, and he was thinking like, as a kid, I remember this horrible pressure from parents, and I wish I had just said, screw this. I, I'm not doing this for you. Like, I yeah, I like that kind of position. Like, you did, they, they really lose this kind of uh, kid's viewpoint as the show would mm. go on. Mm-hmm. But- it seemed It almost seemed kind of like, easy to admit this might be a product of like it only being season two and needing to end an episode on time but it was just like yeah let's not do this okay yeah let's not do yeah. that. uh <laughs> like i didn't get a sense from from todd that like there was a ton of pressure on him as much as bart but obviously we weren't with him most of the episode it is funny that todd just goes like oh yeah no let's just stop yeah, yeah. like yeah <laughs> uh but i can see it too as like a, a kind of statement about um why are all shows or why are all these movies like Karate Kid or any sports movie about like, why is it always about winning? Why does a kid have yeah, to feel yeah. bad about winning? Why can't like letting the kids have their own drive in this is really good. But, uh, but yes, here's, here's where the kids make a decision. This is pretty tense, isn't it, Todd? Yeah, my knees are shaking. I got butterflies in my stomach, but I guess this builds character. Who wants to build character? Let's quit. Okay. <laughs> We decided we're equally good. We want to call it a draw, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a draw. You will forgive an old bit for crying. This is the most stirring display of gallantry and sportsmanship. Since Mount Batten gave Ninja back to the Punjabs. I like that. Forgive this old Brit for crying. <laughs> yeah, and they each get twenty five bucks. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, on the big checks too. I was <laughs> nerdily like, so wait, did they have to have those checks on hand? And then who didn't get a big check? Yeah, I guess only for yeah. Did they they must have had a backup check ready because I you would mm-hmm. think only first place would get a check. We <laughs> we are so out of the era of big checks, and I miss the giant novelty checks. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. As a kid, one of my favorite jokes in the Happy Gilmore was when he just had the backseat full. His insistence that he get the big check for like fifth or tenth place, and right, then he put right. them all in his back of his car. That was funny. That was a good joke. <laughs> also, as a kid, his whole thing of like when Mountbatten gave India back to the Punjabs, that quote, it all just was... Oh, yeah, what, what is he saying there? I, I didn't get that. Well, it was so garbled to me as a kid. It, I He says it like as he's crying, so... Yeah, and it, through a real thick accent, too. And through a thick accent. It made... But then even in subtitles, like, I did not know enough about English history or India's history mm-hmm. uh, to know it was about Lord Mountbatten, who was the final uh, man in charge of the British colonization of India, who then left and gave it to the na- gave Aww. it back to the country. That was nice of him. That nice of him, yeah. <laughs> if I got any of that wrong, please uh, forgive me. I don't know Indian history <laughs> that well. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but that is what is it in reference to. The ni- in 1947, when Mountbatten gave it back, gave it back. Ah. But, but he says it so fast, like it's a, and also like you, it's meant to confuse you. It meant to, it's yeah. meant to be an incredibly deep reference to history. No American gives a shit about because it involves right. nobody American. If I had heard it correctly, that's the type of joke I would have laughed at because I know that I don't know it and I'm not even supposed to know it. Yeah, like, uh, whatever this is a reference to, it's funny. Like, yeah. 
they also talk about how Abe Lincoln is there, the 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 friend of every comedy writer. It mm. was <laughs> definitely that hat. It's <laughs> crazy legs. Uh, did I I forget? Did Birthday Boys ever do a Lincoln sketch? No, I don't think so. We have we have a sketch uh, on the show where the president is huge at the end. But <laughs> all right, yeah. I just was but, like, is there a comedy precedent for uh, your generation of comedy writers? I think the boomers love Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like um, the boomer, like uh, Conan and, and Odenkirk's era, which aren't necessarily boomers, but they like Lincoln. I don't know. I think a lot of um, a lot of jokes and like mm. come out of our generation. When we, we grew up with Carvey's H.W. Yeah. Bush, like that, that yeah. screams president to us. But yeah, no, no old timey. Pre- I guess you know there was we did grow up in the age of the of Oliver Stone's JFK movie, so mm. you got Kennedy jokes, but they were Kennedy assassination jokes, not really mm-hmm. like jokes about well, other than Quimby. Quimby is a Kennedy yeah. joke, but, but that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's the same writers as, as the uh, the Lincoln lovers. We we on the uh, Sloppy Boys podcast, we were talking about a guy named, I think the Brandy Alexander episode? Yeah. A guy named Diamond Joe uh, Brady. That's and right. <laughs> we thought to ourselves, like I said on the air, I was like, do you think the Simpsons writers had talked about that? Or like, because they, they probably knew about this weird historical figure. And they, do you think they named Diamond Joe Quimby after him? Oh, I can confirm 100%. Yes, that was the, uh, when when we did the first, a uh, few episodes ago on our podcast, when we did the first appearance of Diamond Joe Quimby, originally just the name Diamond J, it was definitely yeah. a reference to that guy who was who was famous as a uh, just a big, big old rich guy. <laughs> yeah, he was a big guy who ate a ton of food. But yes, somebody who listened to our podcast found uh, Bill Oakley on Twitter and uh, Oakley confirmed it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, that... But to think that it started with like, oh, the character is based on this like old robber baron guy. And then the yeah. second the second Dan Castellaneta does his Kennedy accent, they're like, no, 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 forget all that. <laughs> it's Kennedy jokes all the way. Right. <laughs> but yes, it's a draw. They uh, the kids throw up their hands and it's uh, the, the the man cries at it. And uh, then we get to the ending here. I have one final clip. I do like in this that one of my favorite things in the early days is that they get to what seemingly is a normal sitcom ending that would be like, well, the moral of the story is this. Mm-hmm. And then a character fully rejects it and goes like, no, no yes, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Uh, and in this case, Homer rejects Ned's friendliness one last time. <laughs> Our kids showed us something today, huh? By working together, we can both be winners. <laughs> Thank heaven neither of us has to go through with that silly wager. Put her there, pal. Oh, so you're going to welch on our bet. What are you talking about? Neither boy lost. I got it right here in writing. The father of the boy who doesn't win has to mow the lawn in his wife's Sunday dress. But neither. I mean, we're both. I mean, you have to do it, too. It's a small price to pay to see you humiliate yourself. Why do I get the feeling that someday I'll be describing this to a psychiatrist? There's a dumb laughing. It's just so humiliating. I'm never going to look this dumb, damn Flanders. <laughs> you know, Samson, I feel kind of silly, but uh, what the hey? You know, kind of reminds me of my good old fraternity days. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, he's enjoying it. It's <laughs> a great last line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it made me realize that Jeff Martin mined everything from this episode for his future ones because in A Streetcar Named Marge, 
uh, Ned says he played Blanche Dubois. That's right. Because he went to an all-male school. That's so right. another piece of this was uh, put yeah. into a future episode by Jeff Martin himself. <laughs> wow. Uh, I like uh, Lisa's line there about um, this is something I'm going to be talking about to a therapist years from now is like such a sophisticated joke for a essentially a kid's show, like a cartoon that obviously it's not a kid's show. But, you know, the little kids who are wearing the Bart T-shirts in uh, 1990, like nobody's getting that joke. Yeah, that age group. <laughs> that should have been on the uh, Lisa shirt. Yeah. The yeah. Lisa shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that. I mean, if you saw kids walking around with that at the mall. You'd, <laughs> yeah. Do uh, they have Lisa shirts? They they must have been some, but that would be uh, I bet that's like a high priced uh, vintage item. There mm. there is a future joke uh, in season five about how Lisa doesn't have a catchphrase. Right. But yeah. in the early days, they were trying to come up with a catchphrase for Lisa, and the catchphrase on the shirts and the merch was "A penny saved, a pony earned." Mm-hmm. That's as best as they could do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and also Lisa's lesson here of embrace nothingness is her catchphrase in the Simpson arcade game on when you pick her in the thing, it's like embrace nothingness. That's her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think as I, I actually had pulled up some of my old Simpsons merch not too long ago. I had the original got it Christmas 1990 original Simpsons calendar. And as a little kid, I loved my Simpsons calendar so much that once the year was over, I was like, why have Simpsons stickers too? And I'm going to put them all over it. And like, Lisa, Lisa's one is just like, I want a pony. Her sticker is, it, you, you couldn't buy a Lisa sticker by itself, but you get the whole family if you, I clearly as a kid just wanted it for the Bart stickers. And, and meanwhile, Hold on, the, I think I, I think I have something on Instagram that I posted many, many, many years ago. That's a Lisa, like a, a Simpsons uh, uh, trading card. Oh, okay. while you're looking Lisa, for that, hold on, just give me a second to like scroll all the way down. It's okay. While you're looking for that, I'm just looking up old Lisa merch. I see a Lisa Simpson headband, and she's saying, "Show some flair with your hair." That is wow. That's <laughs> not that's not in the spirit of Lisa at all. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, as a kid, definitely the boy merch that I got as a kid would only have Bart on it, or <laughs> maybe the whole family with like Bart in the center of it. I also found the old wonky action figure. Uh, of Lisa these are the ones where they had the word bubbles you would just plug into their heads ah yes and uh-huh. uh, Lisa comes with five phrases to bug brothers and the one that is advertised in the package is her saying Al quit it which is not what Lisa said no That's a yeah Bart, right? it's Barty says Al yeah uh, um, here's here's the it's a trading card and Lisa she's kind of smiling and it says, I'm going to tell mom and dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. That's, yeah, it's so lame. That is so lame. How fun. <laughs> uh, it's also, I mean, it shows you, too, how they were selling those to, you know, boys who were just like, well, what What does the sister say? Well, it's things that annoy the brother. Like, that's, that's she's not a character of her own. It's just <laughs> what bugs you as a brother. Right, right. Uh, what is her relationship to Bart? Yeah. She should be saying something about Bart if Bart's not there. That's what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, they should be asking, where's Poochie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that episode is, yeah, it is a weird one, but it sets up so many precedents that even if it is kind of a lame third act joke of just like Bart. Well, I mean, Homer, even when Marge says, my best dress, it's like, that is not your best yeah. dress. It's like yeah. it's like a pink nighty or something. <laughs> yeah. Just lines to say. <laughs> but but it sets up so many things that like and this really jeff martin is i think one of the more underrated guys of his era who set up a lot of precedents and created a lot of like running gags in his scripts yeah, yeah. he wrote most of the it historical is- episodes too most of the what uh historical episodes yeah, the flashback well- episodes like uh oh, the yeah, birth yeah. of bart the birth of lisa he wasn't there for the birth of maggie episode but he probably would have written that one mm-hmm. so he is like he does have a mind for like tracking 
what Simpsons things happen when and who does what. <laughs> it, it is interesting watching these old episodes to see like what worked and stuck and what just didn't work or just didn't seem like the the Marge with the dress thing. Like, yeah, she wouldn't make jokes like that ever again because it just doesn't like fit who she is. Yeah, and same with like the uh the frosty chocolate this episode is frosty chocolate milkshakes it has stationary jokes mm -hmm. like all these mm -hmm. uh, the, like some of the last gasps of jokes that as they were writing them they go like eh, does anybody like these now nah, let's let's drop this runner but runners are funnier of just homer screaming at ned that's a good runner <laughs> uh lisa looking at card catalogs funnier than a, a funny name yes. on stationary. That, that was a knee slapper in 1990 <laughs> Uh, but yes, thank you, Mike, for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I It's been a little while since I watched like a full old Simpsons episode. I was watching some season sixes recently, and uh, this has been a treat. Awesome. Can you please tell us where we can find you on Twitter and, of course, about your podcast, The Sloppy Boys? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Mike Hanford. And the Sloppy Boys podcast, we do it every week. Every Friday, a new episode comes out. Um, we do Patreon episodes that come out on Wednesday, so see what the patreon's all about but mostly uh for the main episode we take a cocktail off the international bartenders list uh we've strayed from it a few times to have a little fun but uh we try to make the cocktails and we talk about them and we have some fun maybe we mix we play some music <laughs> and we have some we have a blast it's so much fun. I yeah, it, and... it, it does make me want to drink listening to it. It's I I I have to listen to your non-alcoholic ones <laughs> at sleep time because otherwise I'll wake up in the morning and go like a mimosa does sound good. Yeah, it can, it can be it's it's dangerous maybe for some people. Uh, we do have a bunch of people who have told us like I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in years, but like I love this. I just like listening to you guys joke around. Yeah, you do not. You can be a teetotaler and still enjoy the Sloppy Boys podcast. I will say yeah. for sure. Yeah. And hopefully by 2022, we can see you and some of the other birthday boys touring in some capacity. Oh man, if we could get the Sloppy Boys to tour again, that was <laughs> that was such a bummer about the pandemic. Is we have so much fun doing that, and then nothing. The worst thing was no Sloppy Boys live shows. That was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think that's what um, Fauci has said on the record. Uh, it was but, that and Disneyland. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I, yeah. I have, I have friends who live in Los Angeles and have, have seen you guys live and say it's it's so great. And I was just counting down the days, like, oh man, I'm sure they'll come to town for Sketchfest. Yeah. Or, or I, me and Bob go to LA like a couple times a year. I, we're gonna go see him, and then yeah, uh, yeah. But but it's when the time part. comes, listeners, and, and of course, look out, you guys have so many funny and good, funny and good mm -hmm. songs out there too. Oh yeah, we got three albums. Check those out on like uh, Spotify or Apple or wherever you do anything. I don't know. Great stuff. <laughs> Thank you. And great stuff to you guys, too. This was uh, this was great. And you know a lot about not only just The Simpsons, but us TV making in general. Well, thank you. Thank you. So thanks again to Mike Hanford for being on the show. Please check him out on Twitter as Mike Hanford and also The Sloppy Boys, the album, the podcast. And hey, why not check out The Birthday Boys as well? They've got DVDs out there and they still hold up. Oh, yeah. But as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get these episodes one week at a time and ad free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Sign up there for five bucks a month to get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall that is all the bonus podcasts that we've made for nearly four years, four complete years.
years with this Patreon, for Christ's sake. And that includes our most recent miniseries that's happening right now. And you're missing it, buddy, if you're not on that Patreon. So that is Talking of the Hill Season 2 Part 1. 11 new episodes of Talking of the Hill waiting for you behind the $5 paywall. And that is all happening at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons with so many other things, too many things to name. But there is a $10 level. If you sign up for that, you get all the $5 stuff, of course, but also access to one mega-long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? You're talking about our What a Cartoon Movie podcast. Now, you listeners to Talking Simpsons probably know that also once a week we do our What a Cartoon podcast where we talk about an animated series in the same way we cover The Simpsons. Well, each month for $10 and up premium subscribers at the Patreon, they get to hear us talk often for over four hours about an animated feature film each month. If you signed up now, you get to hear last month's from March where we talked about DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, the month before that, we talked about the Studio Ghibli classic, Whisper of the Heart, and oh boy, in April, you are going to want to sign up because me and Bob will be covering Shrek. It is the 20th anniversary of Shrek. It's time to truly deal with the, the uh, get ogre it and talk about Shrek. <laughs> A thousand years of Shrek. <laughs> uh, and so uh, you can only hear the full thing if you are a $10 up subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons in addition you get all that five dollar stuff bob mentioned so please visit it today to learn more patreon.com slash talking simpsons so as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast is retronauts it's a classic gaming podcast about old video games find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month henry how about you Follow me on Twitter, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. That's where you'll keep up to date with all the Henry Gilbert thoughts in the world. Plus, if you're on Twitter following me and Bob, please follow at Talk Simpsons Pod. At Talk Simpsons Pod is the official Twitter account. You want to know when new things go live on the Patreon or on the free feed or when we do a poll to ask if we're going to do Shrek as a movie or any other news? You'll stay up to date if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. It is your first stop for news on our podcast so again follow on twitter at talk simpsons pod thank you so much for listening folks we'll see you next week for season 12 the computer wore menace shoes and we'll see you then Keep your head down. No, not you. I'm talking to the boy. Keep your head down. Follow through. Okay, that didn't work. This time, move your head and don't follow through. Oh, man. Mm.